a short week, a short edition of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast and Newsletter for Monday, November 23rd, 2020. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, for a quick look at what's happened and what's coming up. Today's Patreon-fueled shout-out is for the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Campaign, an initiative that wants you to plant native plants in yards, farms, public spaces, and gardens in the Northern Piedmont. Native plants provide habitat, food sources for wildlife, ecosystem resiliency in the face of climate change, and clean water. Over 25 partner organizations all want to help you. Start at the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Facebook page and tell them Lonnie Murray sent you. With three days to go until Thanksgiving, the Virginia Department of Health set another record today for new daily cases with 3,242. That's about 700 more cases than the previous record set on Friday. However, the database that the VDH uses was down for a period on the weekend, so that number might represent a couple of extra days. It's important to look at the seven-day average to get a sense of what's going on. And the seven-day average for new cases today is 2,343. The seven-day average of new daily cases per 100,000 people is now 27.5 statewide. This is a metric known as the incidence rate. That figure was 18.7 a week ago. The total number of new cases per 100,000 population within the last 14 days is 323.6. That figure was 249.1 a week ago. There are another 42 cases in the Blue Ridge Health District, and the seven-day average there for new cases is 36. Looking around at a couple of localities across the state, Augusta County has a seven-day average of 27 new cases a day, and their incidence rate is 35.8. Their total number of new cases per 100,000 population in the past 14 days is 332.6. Culpeper County sets a record today with 173 cases reported, bringing their seven-day average to new cases to 38. Their incidence rate is 72.4, and their total number of new cases per 100,000 population over the last 14 days is 873.5. Roanoke County has a 7-day average of 79 new cases a day, and their incidence rate is 84.3. The 14-day figure in Roanoke County is 769.6. For some perspective, let's look at Fairfax County. That's Virginia's most populated locality. They report 453 cases today. There are over 1.1 million people in Fairfax County. Their incidence rate is 24.5, and their 14-day figure is 289.8. The death rate has not climbed nearly as high as the case count. There are only four deaths reported statewide today, and none were reported yesterday. There are only four deaths reported statewide. None were reported yesterday. There have been 136 COVID fatalities in Virginia in the past seven days, and the statewide total is now 3,942. An organization that seeks to increase the availability of passenger rail in Virginia wants you to give your thoughts on what it would take to get you back on a train whenever the pandemic is over. Danny Plogger, with Virginians for High Speed Rail, said the feedback will be used in their next report on the state of passenger rail in the Commonwealth. And, and as you know, with all public transportation, mass transportation, whether it be airlines or rail or, or buses, um, have been dramatically impacted because of COVID. 
Blogger said the group's previous reports called for the state to invest in rail, something the Northam administration accomplished late last year when they announced the purchase of right-of-way from private companies. Blogger said there's a bright future for rail, but this pandemic year has been brutal to ridership, and the survey is intended to inform recovery. Our passenger rail, on average, um, normally used to handle about 80,000 passengers a month. Our six Amtrak regional trains, um, in April, that was down to 3,000 from, you know, so 97% decline in ridership. Um, That has slowly been built back up a little bit. And we're now at about 22, 23,000 riders a month. The pandemic has delayed the completion of the state's purchase of -of right-of-way, but Plogger said the deal will go through. Much of the linear land was sold by Virginia in the 1990s, and when the transaction is complete, it will be under the jurisdiction of the Virginia Passenger Rail Authority. That body met for the first time in late October. The, the good thing about them uh, getting the rail authority created and, and starting to buy uh, these rail corridors is we're, we're beginning to fix the mistakes that the state has made over the previous decades. You know, Virginia used to own the D.C. to Richmond rail corridor, all of it, um, all the way until Doug Wilder sold it in the 90s as part of a plan to try to balance the budget. And he sold this asset for $250 million that is now worth billions. Plogger said his dream is that one day the Commonwealth Corridor will provide consistent east-west rail service between Christiansburg and Virginia Beach. You can access the Virginians for High-Speed Rail survey in the newsletter. Today in meetings, the steering committee that is overseeing the Seaville Plans Together initiative will meet virtually at 4 p.m. today. As a refresher, the city council in place in February 2019 opted to hire a consultant to complete the comprehensive plan review while also writing an affordable housing plan. The firm Roadside and Harwell was hired and have developed new guiding principles that will guide the plan, the update of which has been under review since January of 2017. Jennifer Koch is the project manager with Roadside and Harwell. And as part of that update to the comprehensive plan, we've drafted an affordable housing plan, which will feed into the comprehensive plan goals and strategies. Uh, once the revised comprehensive plan, inc- including the affordable housing plan, um, is, you know, once that's completely updated, we will rewrite the zoning ordinance uh, to ensure that it reflects all these goals and strategies that will be in the updated plan. One of the major planks of the draft affordable housing plan is an annual commitment of $10 million for 10 years in order to help build more affordable housing units. On Friday, City Council held a work session to help make cuts to the capital improvement program to address the fact that the city is projected to reach its borrowing limit. I'll have a story about that budget work session out later today. In other meetings, Charlottesville's Social Services Advisory Board meets virtually at noon. They will talk about their annual report to City Council. The Board of Trustees for the Jefferson-Madison Regional Library meets at 3 p.m. Among the items is another update on the library system's COVID response. The Albemarle Historic Preservation Committee meets at 4.30 p.m. On the agenda is a presentation on conservation easements, a discussion of the Purvis store in Esmont, and an update on new historical markers in the county. And that's it for this edition of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast and Newsletter. 
I'll be back tomorrow with another installment. In the meantime, I'm planning for Thursday's show. Yes, there will be a show on Thursday, but what I'd like to do is to turn this over to you. If you have a story or anything you would like to say to share with the public, or whatever the public is listening to this, please send it to me. There's lots of ways you can do that. You can see that in the newsletter. It'll be at the very bottom, but I really do look forward to communicating with you in the future uh, as we go through this holiday season. I'd love to get your voices on this program as well. After all, this is called Community Engagement. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and today, stay safe out there, and every day, stay safe out there. Thanks for listening, and uh, did I mention stay safe out there? I, I really want you to be safe out there.